Disclaimer, this podcast is not to be a substitute for individual therapy. If you need assistance, call 911 if you're in the U.S. or any emergency phone number. If you need help, if you feel depressed, anxious, reach out to someone. This podcast is for educational or entertainment purposes only. Thank you. social workers, mental health professionals, and change agents. Before we get started with this episode, just want to say hello, give all of you a shout out for either listening to the podcast or watching the podcast on YouTube. I really, truly appreciate it. I'll just give you some updates uh, coming up um, next week. I'll give you a rundown of my time in Washington, D.C., and doing some advocacy for our social for our student loans to be forgiven. Um, I spent a part of my spring break in D.C. with the family and toured the White House, toured the Capitol. Uh, had a good time with the family, so we'll get into that uh, next week. Uh, the finally, the book is coming along nicely. Trying Through Pain, How to Maximize Your Full Potential During Hard Times. Uh, looking for a May release. Um, finishing up the front cover and the uh, back cover. Uh, the front cover, I'll um, put it up on my Instagram and Twitter pages. So make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And to see the updated uh, book cover, I've been busy working on that and also busy writing a chapter of Latinx and Social Work Part 2. The book is, is supposed to be coming out sometime in October, so I've been busy with, with that as well. Uh, this week's episode features Mr. Stephen Valentine. He is a MSW uh, running for Congress on the 4th con- con- Congressional District in the state of North Carolina. And there's a, uh, a race um, on May 17th. So I had the pleasure of interviewing Mr. Valentine, talking about uh, why is he running, how he got into uh, what exactly is going on in the Congressional District that he's running and hoping to become a member of the U.S. Congress. And I think that's that's dope that we got a a social worker who is running for Congress. Uh, A few episodes ago, I uh, had another social worker who ran for office in New York. So as you know, social work is definitely political. We're in all these spaces and we do amazing work in the field serving our communities and what better way to serve our community and know what exactly is going on with our client needs if um, by running for office so North Carolina be on the lookout uh, is a huge uh, battleground state has been a uh, battleground state in the U.S. for 
a number of years, a number of elections. So uh, the incumbent, uh, the congressman who currently holds the seat is retiring or he just retired. So uh, this race is important. So uh, we talked with Valentine about it. So tune in, tap in. Uh, we, we talk about voting rights, the importance of voting, the the importance of filling out the census that the U.S. has every 10 years. Um, you know, many are un- un- uh, disenfranchised uh, communities are losing uh, seats in Congress, so it's important to fill out the census. We talk about how important that is. So um, a lot of social work stuff related to politics in, in uh, this week's episode. Uh, hope you uh, enjoy the episode. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, be on the lookout. The book is definitely coming. I'm going to focus on, on that finally, releasing it. I've been talking about it. Uh feels like forever. So uh, the end is near regarding my book, and I'm excited to uh, uh, share the world. Uh, part of my pain during the pandemic, which we are still in, uh, so... Be safe out there and uh, keep tuning in, keep tapping in. Hello, social workers, mental health professionals, and change agents. Welcome to another episode of season four of the Social Work Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Bash Moreno. Saludos a todos. Greetings to everybody. Welcome. However, you're listening or watching this, this podcast episode. Uh, a very uh, special episode. Um, if you heard the podcast a few episodes ago, um, talking about social work is political, and we have another social worker running for for office. Um, before we get into that, uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at the Social Work Rants Podcast. That's all one word. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Social Work Rants. Hit the like button on Facebook. Just type in the Social Work Rants podcast on Facebook, aka Meta, and also hit the rest subscribe button on YouTube. Just type in the Social Work Rants podcast, uh, hit the subscribe button so you could uh, listen to the podcast on all audio platforms or watch the podcast on YouTube. Um, my guest at this time is Mr. Stephen Valentine, MSW. He is running for public office in uh, North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Yes. North Carolina's fourth congressional district. Awesome. Running for Congress. So MSW running for Congress. Um, we need some fresh faces because I know for myself, I'm speaking for myself. I'm tired of these old folks. The men, not, I'm not trying to do ages because I love the geriatric population, but yes. I, I'm tired of seeing um, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer that have been there for a thousand years and we doing the same thing and we need some fresh faces. Republican or Democrat is we just need some fresh voices, fresh faces, tired of doing the same thing over and over again. And what better way than a social worker running for for office in North Carolina, which has been a a big battle state in these last several general elections. So, uh, Mr. Valentine, welcome aboard. Hey, thank you so much. And I'm glad that you uh, added some commentary about uh, the tenure of our, our current legislators. And uh, one of the platforms that I'm running on is actually um, term limiting myself. I, I think that uh, 
you know, the amount of time that people are spending office, you know, 30 years at a time is denying, you know, younger generations the opportunity to lead. And it's also leading to the status quo. So it is time for, for some change. Not that we don't love Nancy Pelosi, because, <laughs> because we do. But it's definitely some time uh, for, for change. No, no, I, no, absolutely. Whether you're one political spectrum or the other, or or you can't stand either one, it's looking for some some common ground in the middle. Like we just yes. need some fresh voices. So before we we get into the whole political spiel and and, and your campaign, which is vastly uh, coming up, uh, let people know who you are. Uh, how, you know what may well. No, how do you got into getting your MSW and, and just a little background about yourself? Yeah, so uh, again, my name is uh, Stephen J. Valentine. That's actually how it uh, appears on the ballot, Mr. Moreno. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I live here in uh, Durham, North Carolina. I actually uh, got, came to Durham because my wife and I, uh, when we were stationed at Port Bragg, uh, more so my wife would come up to this area to go shopping and looking around. And so when we uh, left the military, my wife uh, liked this area so much that uh, uh, we made Dorm our home. And the reason we made Dorm our home is because it uh, reminded us a lot uh, of the small town that we grew up in Pennsylvania. We grew up in a small uh, town called Pottstown, Pennsylvania. And Dorm has sort of that small town field, although it's much larger than Pottstown, Pennsylvania, which uh, goes five miles in every direction. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of how I, I got to, to, to Durham. But with respect to me getting to uh, my, my MSW and getting involved in social work, I actually started my social work career as a child protective service uh, worker in, this, in the state of, of Connecticut, actually, after I graduated from, from Morehouse College. And so after uh, spending some time as a protective service worker, I decided to uh, get my MSW. Um, and so I was looking around for some opportunities and one became available uh, at the University of Pennsylvania. And so I spent uh, two great years there uh, learning, uh, learning, learning our, our craft. And, and then I, I actually entered uh, active service. I had been in every Army Reservist already, um, but I entered actually on active duty as a social work officer. And not many people know that uh, there are social workers who are actually um, part of the, the armed forces. So I was a social worker. It's, they're known as behavioral science officers in the army. And I actually uh, rose, rose through the ranks and became a, a chief of social work. And so we work uh, closely with um, the, the state entity in, in, that has some concurrent jurisdiction uh, on military bases. And so I had an opportunity to work in, in forensic social work, um, mental health, extensively. And so I had great uh, experiences. Um, I also had some uh, experiences uh, in juvenile justice as, as well. And um, after I uh, after I left the service, I also uh, got into social work education. And so I actually spent uh, five years, uh, just under six years, uh, teaching on the faculty at North Carolina Central okay. University. And so I re- returned to, to uh, the university um, and I, I guess part of the part of my story is I also uh, went back and got my law degree uh, actually at North Carolina Central University. And so it wasn't a coincidence that I, that I ended up back there. And so the, the blend of social work and the law has uh, 
has been uh, good professionally. Yeah, I, 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 could, I could see that. And it's so, uh, it's very similar mirrors. Like you got a little something about the law, especially if you're working in child welfare, you know, obviously learning you know, family family law and, and yes. it's, each state, each jurisdiction is different in terms of caring for for families and for kids for reunifications or, or yes. adoptions. So uh, it's funny because that's how I got into the field myself and got and got my MSW. Like I've seen these uh, supervisors with the MSWs, like or people getting promoted because they got their MSWs. Like yes. okay, that's I guess that's my next step. So. Yeah. Yes. I like um, uh, in Durham. Um, now I, I went to go visit Duke that, last year uh, during uh, Memorial Day weekend, and I mean, you need a car just to go to classes. <laughs> Campus yeah, is so yeah. it's so big. So I spent some time in, in Raleigh for you know that weekend, and I was like, I'm so close to to Duke University. I gotta go and, and be and be and be on the campus as a, as a huge Duke fan. So I went. So it's definitely a beautiful city. Uh, the, the whole oh, well, next time you're in Durham, Moreno, you call Valentine. All right, we'll, 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 take, you we'll, to the, we'll take you to the other university that's in, uh, in Durham, North Carolina Central University. Okay, definitely yes. be be open to 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 that. So, yes. um, so what 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 is going on in, in uh, you know the. the no, the district you're, you're you're running for what 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 are the the issues what what are you seeing what what are you, you running on? Well, before I, I talk about what I'm running on, let me just tell you that what the, the state of affairs here are. Uh, there's been an incumbent in this seat for 35, 36 years, and he announced his retirement mm. in uh, December, and so, I mean, quite frankly, after uh, one six. Uh, 2021, I was all in, no matter what. Uh, patriotism, and, I, and I've heard you uh, speak on your podcast about how patriotism is being turned upside down. And I agree 100%. And so I wanted to, to be a part of, you know, redirecting this ship with regards to you know, American principles and values. And so that was one of the reasons uh, that I jumped in. But uh, there's seven people running for the Democratic uh, um, primary. And oh, by the way, the district's lines in this congressional uh, district have were just solidified four weeks ago. Mm. I mean, the district looked completely different. Uh, four, four or five weeks ago, I uh, looked quite different than it does today. And so uh, all the candidates in, the race, in this race, quite frankly, are scrambling to um, you know, get their message out in parts of the, the state uh, neighboring counties that never were part of this district before. And so, you know, it, it is uh, the wild, wild west right now. Um, but I think that the, the stakes uh, couldn't be higher uh, in this congressional election. I think people in our district have a, a choice between the status quo and you, you've already talked about what the status quo looks like, right? <laughs> and so we, yes. have a chain, we have a chance to, to turn that around. I think people can choose a different course for the fourth Carol for the North Carolina's uh, fourth congressional district in which uh, I reside. And so, just to tell you a little bit about me, if if I could, with regards to what makes me different than than other candidates in this yeah, state. Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, what's um, what what makes me stand out is I'm the only candidate in the race who's actually served our our, our country in the military. 
And thank you for our for your service. Oh man, I would do it all over again. And so two two combat tours, one in uh, Iraq and the in the other in the, another part of the Middle East as part of Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. Um, actually, the the first uh, iteration, the first thing out the door in two thousand and three. When I served in Iraq, I actually was awarded the, the Bronze Star Medal as a social worker, mm. yeah, as a social worker for my, my work with, uh, with people. And so um, I'm very proud of that. And so I'm the only one who actually has some, um, some national security experience. I'm also the only candidate with real international policy experience. And so I worked as a foreign affairs officer with the U.S. Uh, State Department during the, the first uh, term of President uh, Barack Obama. You might have heard about him. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I was just watching that uh, episode of, of Blackish from uh, Mrs. Obama was on it. So, uh. yes, yes. and uh, I, I miss I, him. <laughs> yes, we all do. Yes, we all do. And uh, Moreno, I'm also the only candidate who has worked as a social worker and a social work educator, working on problems facing individuals, families, and communities. You know, problems that you, you're familiar with, like me mental health problems in communities. Uh, suicide, sexual assault. And so those things I know firsthand from the work uh, that I've uh, been engaged in. And so I'm also the only candidate in this race who has any experience with the law. I've actually served as a special assistant, special assistant United States attorney in the District of Columbia, which is basically a trial lawyer. And so presently, I'm uh, working as the director of the vet law clinic at North Carolina Central School of Law. And if you know anything about uh, veterans law, you'll know that, you know, a lot of what you do in social work is involved in um, ensuring that our veterans get the, the care that they need, as well as uh, the benefits that they're entitled to in the VA system. Right, so, absolutely. And so the, what, I, what I'm running on is prioritizing people. That's sort of my, my campaign slogan. I'm looking to prioritize the needs of people over partisan politics, quite frankly. And so I'm going to draw on some of the experiences that I've talked about. But more importantly, I'm going to reach out and draw on the experiences of people who are, will be my constituents, right? Their, their story, you know, in social work, we like to say that people are the, um, the, the experts, experts of their, of their own experience, yes. right? And there, there is truth to that. There is truth to that. You know, life is a lived experience. And so I'll draw on some of the experiences of our, our constituents here. And together, I think the number one priority is going to be protect our democracy. I think you would agree with that and also the right to vote. And so that, that's what makes this country special and, and different in other places around the world, that uh, we are a self-governed people. But I think quite uh, frankly, our democracy is in peril right now and under attack um, from domestic, foreign and domestic. Uh, I, I would say more, more domestic. Yes. <laughs> you can make a strong argument it's coming from more domestic than, yes. than in, in international. I, I, would, I would venture to uh, guess that uh, you're accurate on that point. <laughs> Yes, no, but, you, but you, you hit a, you hit a strong point, and I know um, you know mainstream uh, media uh, has talked about about this some, but the importance of you just saying that the districts has just been aligned, you no, know, no, four four weeks ago, like so, you, all of you are scrambling to figure out, you know, who these people are, or how to get my message across, like right, and you no, know, realigning these these districts, you no. Know, 
or or the, you know people said some you know, miss like the, the the underserved you know communities and uh, doing doing these realignments to prevent people from actually coming to vote or make or make things uh, harder to people to vote or not you know ballot boxes being like miles and miles away to to a point that somebody can't get to a ballot um tell me more more about that like why they decide to do this re realignment so as you uh are probably already aware every 10 years there's a, there's a census uh, right institution mandates that we do a census and uh the party in power gets to decide what the lines look like and so the district lines were drawn by the republican uh state house here and uh, the Democratic Party, as well as others, uh, challenged the, the lines as drawn in court. And so the district lines have been the subject of litigation for months, going from one, uh, one forum to a next, uh, to the next. And then finally, the Supreme Court of North Carolina actually stepped in and didn't accept any of the proposed maps and uh, drafted the, the map that, that we currently are uh, running under in the fourth congressional district. Mm -hmm. And so the legislature didn't actually even write, uh, didn't write the wrong with regards to gerrymandering. The court stepped in and created what they thought was the, the fairest map um, that could be drawn. And so here we are today. Um, but the, uh, the Republican um, legislature here is busy. And so, a number of years ago, when they the Supreme Court uh, gutted the provisions of the the uh, nineteen um, uh, sixty four Civil Rights Bill, uh, one of which then deals with uh, the provisions um, of preclearance. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it, uh, no, no. So the states in which most most of the southern states were under um, under this pre preclearance which meant that if they had a change to their voting laws, that they'd have to clear it through the, the federal government before they could institute it. And so when the Supreme Court said that that provision of the, the Civil Rights Act was unconstitutional and long, long, no longer needed because things had changed in our society, that's when the Republican legislatures around the country began to um, assault, quite frankly, um, the rights of American citizens around around voting, just creating every avenue and every trick to prevent people um, from having access to the ballot. Um, and throughout, you know, throughout the South, you saw these ID laws come up in uh, many, many places. And so that's just one attempt uh, that they're making or uh, getting rid of uh, voters off the voter rolls, which, which was another uh, sort of tactic. Um, but I'm in, I'm in the fight. I mean, there's several bills right now currently being uh, contested, uh, the John Lewis uh, bill, and also um, the people's, the, the, what is it called? Um, John Lewis, uh, uh, the John Lewis Act, and then there's also, also uh, for the For the People Act, that's what it's called, the For the People Act, um, that are fighting to put some of those provisions back in place. Um, so that people can have uh, unfettered access to, to the ballot. And so that's sort okay. of what's been going on here in North Carolina. All right. Um, what the, the fourth district, what 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 cities are, or, or towns are represented in, in the district that, that you're or the seat you're trying to win? So the fourth con the fourth congressional district uh, is made up of Dorham County, all of Dorham County, all of Orange County, all of Alamance, 
County, all of Person County, and all of uh, Granville County, or at least three-fourths of Granville County, and then a small precinct in Coswell County. Okay. Makes up the, the new 4th Congressional District, yes. Okay. Uh, for for my uh, international <laughs> listeners uh, li <laughs> listening and, and uh, learning about uh, the U.S. politics and be like, what, watch out, <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, see, it, this is the stuff uh, we, we Americans got, have been, <laughs> been going through for, for a long, long, for a long, long time, time and uh, still dealing with it. And, and uh, now I'm familiar with the John Lewis Act that's, that's trying to, Congress is trying to pass currently and it's, you know, you know, being held being held up and for the vote and uh, not only by Republicans, but a couple of uh, quote unquote Democrats. Uh, Unfortunately, <laughs> that is the case, yes. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that that's why, I, you know, you mentioned, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack. It's about voting, there's also, um, you know the census that unfortunately a lot of people you know do take take for granted and i know um where, where i'm from in, in the bronx and the south bronx in my district we lost a congressional seat because people didn't vote in the census and they also did some realigning too that uh mixing a uh uh affluent neighborhood mixing with my neighborhood so that the numbers uh, kind of look better than they really do so uh, and it's and it's all it's all that uh, which is why we got social workers now uh, trying to run because we we know uh, about these issues that need to be uh, addressed and you know you got somebody that's been been in Congress for for thirty something years and, yes. and it's and it's time for it's time for people to go like <laughs> see, we can't do the status quo anymore something has to. So I, I think that was part of the appeal of at least the first time around of why Trump ran and won um, because he wasn't the, the status quo and like we need somebody different and a lot of people unfortunately don't like uh, Mrs. Clinton just Clinton name see here Clinton people just like don't want to hear it um, so even though she just had all the experience like I was like shocked that that he won but yes. um but I could kind of see like why it's just not the status quo and you know, we kind of kind of survived <laughs> the four years and hopefully I'm hoping like he for me I said it past podcast he better be arrested because <laughs> he's not arrested by by the start of <laughs> by, by by November 2023 if he's not arrested by then he's running and he, I, I think he he's going to win. I, <laughs> I I'm hoping that you're wrong about that. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm wrong too, but yes. I mean we we right as a states right now. No, we 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 leaning towards that. And I I, I just went to to D to DC and they they were selling uh, Trump 2024 hats like like crazy uh, right 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 on the lawn of, <laughs> by by the White House. So. Uh, mm. It's, un it's unfortunate times that, that we live in, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, there, there is some strange times that, that we live in, right? But I mean, you know, I'm, I'm gonna end the fight to, to, to preserve our democracy and the right to vote. And, uh, you know, 
the, the former president uh, wasn't thinking much about our, our economy, quite frankly, even though he he, he uh, pushed that as part of his agenda. I think he was um, more concerned about making his friends richer. Yeah, and absolutely. <laughs> in my district, send me to Congress. I'm going to be working on uh, establishing a, a more resilient economy, one that will be able to sustain uh, periods of you know, national disasters or periods when we have a pandemic. And so if history is any indicator, we should have known um, that uh, a pandemic was was uh, was nearing. Uh, it's, it's happened uh, uh, once every hundred years over the past uh, several hundred years in, in history of our country. And so I wanted uh, I want us to work on uh, establishing a resilient uh, economy so that we'll be able to to, to withstand uh, situations like we're now going through. And so when I talk about jobs at a living wage, for example, I mean, jobs that as a jobs that with a living wage allows us to have a, a very resilient uh, uh, economy. Also, I'm going to be fighting for uh, health care, health care that's more accessible. And I'm just going to tell you, um, I'm for health care as a basic human right. And so we're not there yet. Um, but I think we're moving in that direction. Matter of fact, there's another candidate in this uh, race who's going around saying that they're the first person who uh, um, is, is for uh, Medicare for all. Well, Medicare for all is not a novel concept. Uh, matter of fact, uh, a Democratic congressman from Michigan in 1983, his name was John Conyers. He wrote the first Medicare for all bill. Mm. Well, you know, with the assistance of some social workers. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was only a little pup back then. Right, right. It, but it was it wasn't these are not novel concepts, right? And so the Democratic Party has been moving in that direction for a long time. Even though you're hearing uh other people get the, the credit for it, it's not really a, a novel idea. But why was it never passed? We're talking about 1983. I never heard it like it was established in 1983 or tried for the same reasons that it's having problems now. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, I mean, we're talking about, you know, the Green New Deal. That's the other thing we're talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. And, so, and I, I am a supporter of the Green New Deal, but there's no teeth to the new Green New Deal. It's just a, a resolution that's passed. Right. Because we, we just don't have the political will to make the tough choices that helps us move forward. And part of that is this incumbency business. Right. The same people making the same decisions. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we know that we need to move uh, away from fossil fuels. We know that. We've known that for a long time. We know that we need to move toward more su sustainable energy sources. I mean, for God's sakes, in 1979, uh, Jimmy Carter put uh, solar panels on the White House. But by the time Ronald Reagan came into office, he took them down. Electric cars have been around since the 1950s. They're being introduced into our economy like this is a novel concept. It's not a novel concept. Electric cars have been around for a long time, since the 1950s. We just haven't had the political will to make hard decisions. And so it really does matter. I tell my social work students, law students, it really does matter who you send to make decisions on your behalf. It's important. Mm -hmm. is, it is very important. No, absolutely. And, and, and races like, like you know, the race that you're fighting for, it kind of gets like, you know, overlooked. You know, people just talk about general elections and it was like, oh, like running for president or or like a mayor or or, or governor race. 
and even uh, we only talk about mayors like in high profile cities like yes uh, not like a, a small town like, like you mentioned somebody that's been in power for 30 years like the, my mayor in my town has been in the mayor for like 30 years too like i move down here then i i get i get something in the mail and i see you've been the mayor for 30 years oh man that's, <laughs> and all, all these people move, moving from from philly and other parts of jersey and new york like myself like like we need want to see some change and see like the people who've been here forever like like you mentioned like the status quo like something needs to change that they don't want to change so it, it, no, it, it starts with with us as like the citizens like what exactly you know we want and you know, we want to see change which is like kind of in a way sometimes don't know what that change looked like or too afraid to change or try new things like we we in the i said all the time we we in the shoot your shot era it's just like you got an idea just do it and if it if it pans out great if not hey i tried something so why, why like why not yeah i mean i i agree i, I agree i mean it's, the time is now and it's our time quite frankly it, it's our time so and when i say our time i'm talking about ideas and so in the race down here there was an article in the herald sun uh, a couple of days ago and they talked about the front runners in our race but they never suggested that the front runners were leading because of their ideas they were leading because of the amount of money that they raised and so mm. that really just discourages young people from voting and it makes um other members of our our constituency here um jaded with regards to the political process and so i've said from the very beginning with, with respect to our campaign um that you know it was important to raise a little money to, to get our message out of course um, you're running on ideas we're running on ideas and so and i think you know people who are in in the business of, of the media are, are complicit in many ways in promoting these ideas that elections are about money so yeah i mean it, it is about idea yes you need definitely need some money in order to stay like in the race that you have to put ads out you yes you know between radio uh, you, you no internet you gotta you know do commercials on tv like you you gotta get your message out billboards you gotta get your message out some somehow uh you know i've seen i've met my politicians and they they in the street like shaking hands they outside i'm from new york like train stations outside the train stations like busy hubs and shaking hands and having messages out uh yeah. when I, after i moved like i, I saw i don't know when to go visit you know, new, new york a couple times uh before i moved my dad and and i seen um now mayor adams in in new york like he he was definitely in the, in the street like see on the corner yeah. somewhere yeah like he was there talk, talking to talking to people constituents getting on get, getting out his message so you have to do that and you got and you that even that you know take take some money but that can't be like the like you said the only reason just because you have money or you got a name because you did something like what about talk about all all the candidates not just like right. you got a name like who right. who else is who else is is running that's uh, like even like people running for president there's other people running like they never get like right. any shine and record because it's just like the media only focuses on like the exactly. main kind of it was like and people's like 
we're picking like the lesser of two evils yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty much and it's been like that you no know, you no know, for years already so and, and i don't think that that's healthy for our our, our, our democracy no nah, i agree I, I don't so i'm hoping that uh we'll we'll return to the days of uh talking across the aisles about um campaign finance reform and um sort of making our, our elections more public and quite frankly, I think election day in and of itself should be a national holiday so that we can all participate in the most important civic exercise uh, that we have in our nation. No, I, I, absolutely. Let me use, I'm, I'm used to the kids, you know, kind of being off school. Why just not make like everybody have off and just yeah. go to vote and it doesn't take no, depending where you live at, it doesn't take long now to have early voting. So make things you know, easier, like get your ballots you know, mailed to you, fill them out, put them, send them back or you know, put them in a box or not have, however is convenient you know, for you. Or like I still like the day of and, and going and, and take it like at least take one of my kids like this is like the democratic process of America. Right. As it worked and giving them a teaching lesson like this, no, when you turn eighteen, like, it's like right. this is what we do. Right. It might it might look a little different right. by the time you're eighteen, but at least this is a, and we gotta get your little sticker at the end, like I voted, and right. there you go. We, right. and, I mean, our, and that's our, it. it. It doesn't take, it doesn't take that long. Unless like you know how highly bad. No, I seen uh, we all seen on on TV like people waiting on online for for hours, and that's going back to like, you know the uh, the districts being realigned or uh, Republicans you know, making things harder for people to vote. But you no, know, usually from my experience, I'm like in and out. Sign my name in the book. You mentioned the book before. Like sign right. my name in the book. Go vote, <laughs> and, and that's it. I'm out. <laughs> like yeah, like, right. like something like the most I've done maybe a half hour. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm 42, so I've been voting since, since I, I turned 18. So it's it's really is our civic duty to do it. You know, people like yourself who fought for our country because giving us the right to, to vote and. You know, we we need to you know maintain that, and we need to fight for to make sure our our voice get gets heard and and is important important to vote. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you, as you well know, Moreno, voting is social work. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, voting. Is that's what we say in social work. Vote. No, social work is definitely you no know, political. And right. I say all the time, we 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 firsthand. Vote more than than the police and the fire departments so not you no know, knocking down but you no know, we 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 keeping communities uh, afloat you know, yeah. Yeah. and avoiding more more disasters than there already is in in, in the world and uh speaking of social work um one of the most uh progressive errors that we've ever lived in uh led to the passage of the social security act of 1935 and so, uh, which is what the Social Security Act, of right? Yeah, that was that was considered to be a progressive error. Uh, wasn't necessarily okay. wasn't necessarily uh, uh, it was a New Deal, but uh, it was a raw deal in many regards for for people of color. But it did establish the Social Security system, and so the Social Security system has gone through um, many changes and fixes and modifications uh, to allow people of color to have access to it. And, and quite frankly. The Social Security uh, system is on life support. 
And nobody yes. in my race is talking about that. I have a particular passion about the social security system and ensuring that um, it's available for future generations of, of North Carolinians. So I actually have a, an interest in serving on the subcommittee, the Ways and Means subcommittee that deals directly with social security. But you know, you, you get your assignments from those who are uh, charged with leadership in the Congress, but uh, that would be something that I'd be interested in interested in if the people here in North Carolina decide that they uh, would li like to have me as their elected official. Yeah, I mean, in Social Security, I know it's definitely on, on, on life support. And I, you know, they taught us, at least they taught me in, in social work school uh, about ways to maintain social you know, social security. So why can't if they teaching that in social work school? Why can't it be somehow put into practice, you know, in the real world and in the political world and, and try to come up with a solution that, you know, it, from what I've heard and learned, like it was it was never meant to be something permanent as, as a nest egg for people. And unfortunately we got, you know, seniors, you know, living barely making it we got yeah. people who are um, you know, severely mentally ill on social security and they're barely you know, making it and when social security ends what then yeah so yeah and that's what i say to my constituents all the time can you they were like valentine why do you keep going around the district and telling people that social security is the most uh, successful program in the history of our government i said well just imagine an america without it how many people would be in poverty and so it's been successful in keeping uh, older adults out of, of property. I mean, I have uh, 86, uh, 85, 86 year old parents. And, um, you know, I, I'm grateful that they have uh, social security to be able to uh, um, lessen the, 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 uh, the impact on, mm -hmm. on aging and, and not uh, um, availing yourself to, uh, to work in the same way you did in your, in your youth. And so I just can't imagine an America uh, without social security. And to have the, my friends on the other side of the aisle always talking about wanting to get rid of it is just seems to be uh, crazy to me, but. Yeah, it, it, it just does, it doesn't make sense. And even no. like for people who are, who are married and unfortunately a loved one passes away and they got a work history, like your kids get, get, get that money until they're yes. 18. So yes. it's like, so uh, I, I, I'm living proof of that. So I, I, I'm grateful for, for Social Security, you know, no, no myself. No, no, yeah, with, my, with, my, with my dad and, and, and stuff that, that I get you know, financially for, for my kids. And I'm, and I'm using that money to you know, invest in, in some stocks and, and, and saving for, for using that money to save for, for college for them. So it, it's working out for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the social safety net is is a, is a wonderful um, invent, uh, one that uh, I think society has benefited from. Uh, so, I'll be I'll be fighting for it, Moreno. Um, okay, so 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 minor listeners again. The so the the primary is when the, the Democratic primary, primary. Yes, so the primary is on May seventeenth, but uh, the early voting actually starts. Uh, a week from today. So on 28th of April here in the 4th Congressional District in North Carolina, people are going to start going to the polls uh, for the very first time. Yes. And I think, like I said, the stakes here are very high.
guess is the political world in North Carolina has been a, a battle battleground state for for yes. last, last several years. So it's it's only uh, continue, continuing what was what's been happening recently. And I know you, you know you mentioned about you no know, doing stuff, preventive stuff. You know, like we could have positive prevented a, a pandemic done done something. I know President Obama was trying to do something while he was in office to try. Like he knew something was coming, and his administration was trying to do stuff beforehand. And and I know um, certain sections of North Carolina they usually get hit with um, you no. Know, this hurricane season is fast approaching. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what what are stuff if you're elected could um, be doing in terms of uh, natural disasters, like you mentioned earlier? For so yes, so the, the context for for the pandemic and the natural disasters is creating a resilient economy. And so, I mean, all of the things that that I have already talked about um, regarding healthcare. Um, regarding jobs at a living wage, um, expanding educational opportunities, like all of these uh, sort of things that I'm, I'm promoting as part of my campaign go into um, establishing a resilient economy. Like, give you another example, um, universal preschool. If we uh, allow parents uh, to uh, lessen their burden on uh, the costs associated with, with, uh, with raising their children very young, that helps to make our economy more resilient. That, that money can go to other parts of, um, of the economy, right? Right. Whether, whether it's uh, savings or whether it's um, being able to uh, have more purchasing power in, in the market. Um, but universal preschool is something definitely that, uh, that I'll be pushing for and is part of that resilient economy. Also, this movement for free community college, I'm, I'm for that. Uh, I, I, uh, I know that for every, uh, for every dollar that you put into uh, education of our young people, that it comes back uh, as $4 in our national treasury. And so that helps with regards to establishing a resilient economy. We just have to um, continue uh, on the front end, uh, reinforce things that make our economy stronger so that it can remain resilient during times when there's national disasters which we can't uh, we can't prevent in right. many in many regards, right? We can only prepare ourselves for them, and so I, you know, funding funding FEMA uh, at a, an acceptable uh, level to ensure that uh, the coastline here in North Carolina and some some of the more inland um, um, counties are not uh, you know devastated because it seems like every time there's a national disaster. Uh, these counties are devastated and it mm -hmm. takes years to recover from these things. And so I think having a, a ready FEMA, you know, as, as part of that resilient economy is something uh, that we definitely need to take a look at. No, no absolutely. And I'm glad FEMA has uh, really stepped up. I think, you know, because they, their work, can get better of course anything can, can get better but yes, yes. i think they they've learned from uh, the disaster of hurricane katrina in new orleans and uh they did a good i think the government did a good job of uh, i know the program came out for, for people who lost loved ones and giving people much, some money back for uh you know funeral expenses i, I think that yeah. that's really helped people a lot uh that you know, 
I was one of those uh, fortunate people that got some money back from FEMA after my mom passed. So uh, it, that def program definitely helped. And I think you no know, natural disasters, and we see more and more of that. And, and I think they're, you know, they're, they're headed in, in the right direction. And hopefully uh, the government continues to fund programs like FEMA. We definitely need uh, more funding in terms of Medicaid and Medicare, because you know, we still have uh, you know, outpatient clinics that, that need those funds to stay in business we need those funds for to help uh our opiate crisis that that we in and drugs just drugs and alcohol as a whole addiction as a whole um need that funding so uh, i'm yes. hoping the government does its part in uh helps the people like, like and we but we gotta vote <laughs> yeah you have to vote right you have to vote and uh I think that some people, when they go to the polls, they vote against their interests in many, in many regards uh, because they're not um, sort of paying attention to the, the issues that impact their lives and, and they're more concerned with uh, the so-called culture wars um, mm. that are really not things that, um, that impact your life on a, on a daily basis. And so, I mean, I think people really need to take a good look at what the, uh, what the issues are and how those issues impact on their own life when they, when they go to the polls to vote. How can people find you? Oh, man, what a great question. So you can find me and learn more about our campaign at www.stephenjvalentineforcongress.com. And Stephen is actually spelled with a PH. And so I invite you to learn more about my campaign. And if you'd like to uh, give a small donation, I promise I won't say no. Mr. Valentine, best wishes on, on the campaign trail. Good, good luck on the uh, election. And if anything I can do for my end, by, by all means, let me know. All right. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Right, have a good and one. It's been a pleasure yes. ranting with you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much.